Broadcasting live from the top of a national monument in Rapid City, South Dakota, it is the Mount Rushmore Podcast. This is a top four ranking podcast, and by that, sadly, I don't mean that we rank the t- in the top four of podcasts, but that we rank the top four of any given topic, and this week, the topic is... The Mount Rushmore of Celebrity Endorsements. Here to discuss that topic with me is my good friend Richard. Hello. And my pretty good buddy Michael. Howdy. Oh, pretty good. Oh, sorry. We'll move on. The Mount Rushmore of Celebrity Endorsements was a topic that was chosen by Richard and all the different companies that pay for him to be on this podcast. Yeah, I'm like a NASCAR driver. Yeah. I just <laughs> you start off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't actually say yeah. anything. It's just, uh, you know, you know the, the, the Oreos uh, yeah. ride wing nuts in a car was... <laughs> the, you're head to toe on a, in a fire suit with Ben Gay patches on it. Well, that's just for safety. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, Richard, what made you choose this? Um, I, I think there was a, uh, a celebrity endorsement that I saw that was particularly ridiculous. Um... And I don't think it's on this. Actually, you know what? It was one of the ones that's on this list. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, it's good motivation. Richard chose it. Michael starts. I do. I I always like the, I saw something and I thunk it and I wrote it down. That's 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 all the motivation I I have. And we got to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, my first one is uh, Michael Jordan for Nike. Also on my list. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, In 1984. Why, Why is this peculiar? This is like the most ubiquitous endorsement. Yeah, I think okay. that's why it's on the Mount Rushmore. Is if you, I thought of it, my initial approach was, what is a product that I think solely tied to that person? Yes. And I thought, of all the products that Michael Jordan has endorsed over the years, whether it's Gatorade or Wheaties or McDonald's yeah. or uh, Hanes, uh, my first thought and is like Nike yeah. and his Air Jordan shoes. Sure. And... Uh, I imagine that he is, with these endorsements, that he is wearing Hanes underwear all the time. Oh, that yeah. That he has to be seen in Nike Air Jordan branded yeah. shoes, uh, apparel, suits, all that stuff. Like, I, I bet he's under contract. He's not allowed to go out of the house wearing anything. Yeah, wearing some capas, <laughs> some weird janky. Something from Payless. Yeah, some Payless. <laughs> but this is, uh, so he, when he first uh, joined the... NBA in 1984, uh, Nike made shoes for him. I think this is, they weren't available to the public quite yet, but they made him special, like Air Jordan brand shoes. When he first joined the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Before his first All-Star game. Before anything. Like he was such a hot commodity coming in that they made him his own shoes. And they probably went on sale a year later. I didn't do a ton of research (laughs) on this. But I would imagine that because that deal happened this kind of myth of him yeah and him being tied to the shoes are basically built into his entire career as a professional athlete yeah i know that you know within a couple of years uh spike lee started doing the like mars blackman gotta be the shoes Mm -hmm. that are just it's so ingrained in the mythos of this basketball player and it's like they they are undivided yeah. in my mind yeah and I know that it affected me a you know ten year old boy in 1991 mm-hmm. when I needed to have a pair of Air Jordan sixes or whatever they yeah. were like I'm looking at a picture of the ones that I needed to have V I that's six got my Roman wow. num- got my Roman numerals down you're of Roman descent that's, and it that's was, natural <laughs> and those were like a very expensive birthday present that, of course, 
somehow my parents bought me because I, you know, who yeah. knows? See, yeah. speaking of Payless, I got the Payless brand <laughs> that, of, the, of their Jordans. That's actually what led it led to me getting these was being humiliated at school, right? By running in the like with the wrong crowd of like wearing like an an LA Gear branded shoe yeah. or something not even that, <laughs> and it was like, well, I this can't. This has to be undone by yeah commerce. Yeah, <laughs> I have to and buy by my this, way by this man's celebrity. Yeah, uh-huh. you have to buy your way in with the cool kids. Basically, wow. is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Is that your point of view on it as well, Richard? Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, Jordan, it, Michael Jordan, is not so much a person as he is a brand commodity, mm. right? And there are kids who know and worship the Jordan brand. Yeah. Who weren't alive when Michael Jordan was winning championships mm-hmm. and was this you know yeah. badass most awesome player on the planet. Yeah, they only know him as like the new Jordans. And they only yeah. know him as the Jumpman brand, mm-hmm. which, you know, within Nike now is a whole thing. Right. They know they know him as the logo. Yeah. yeah basically. Who or was the guy from Space Jam. Who was Chuck Taylor? He's a he's a He a, was a, a sale I if I remember the story right, he was like a salesman who invented the Chuck Taylor shoes. He's oh. like a shoe salesman. This is American basketball player and shoe salesman, but I wonder if he was actually. It's a very in the distinctive NBA. logo of a man holding a briefcase going door to door. Cool. So that's uh, leading off with one of the most ubiquitous and, and I would say very successful and something that's authentic to his profession and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And just, I'll just point out that it was interesting that I had forgotten that in 1985, when he first, his rookie year, um, he wound up getting fined every game by the NBA because the Air Jordans were red and black. They hadn't didn't have any white on them. And apparently the dress code at the time for players was that your sneakers had to be white. Or How ridiculous. White. Oh, wow. Um, and that actually made them cooler. Yeah. Because it was... Oh, like, yeah. Oh, suddenly more dangerous. Yeah, they're outlaw banned. shoes. They're outlaw banned. shoes. <laughs> That's kind of... Finding him would be like somebody gave me a penny for being late to work or something. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. I'll pay. Okay, uh, then, Richard, you choose the second one. All right, so I'll just say this to you, Jeff. Okay. Go, OJ, go. Oh, wow. Yeah, OJ Simpson for Hertz. Yeah, pretty cool, yeah. I used to walk through airports. Yeah. And now I run, right? Or was that a, that's a different Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, and everyone would be cheering him on yeah. as he would be running down the... Uh, yeah. As to he... Get to his yeah. uh, Hertz yeah. car and with then his he briefcase made, in his and hand. And he became u- ubiquitous for flight... From <laughs> definitely from flight, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, flight from justice, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't just good advertising. I mean, it made good advertising sense yeah. for OJ, for OJ to be part of the Hertz family, yeah. Up until the point when it really yeah. didn't, <laughs> yeah. Because remember, he was when he, when the murders happened, he was he flew out to Chicago for some corporate event for Hertz. Mm-hmm. So they got all tied up in this. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And they had to figure out how to extricate themselves from, you know, fifteen mm-hmm. years of associating with yeah. with OJ. Yeah, even sticking with him through the uh, you know spousal abuse mm-hmm. uh, is- issues that he had. Um, and he was uh, this one I found interesting because he was really the first black athlete to become a spokesperson for something that was targeting a quote unquote normal as in white audience, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they even talk about that. If you watch the uh, ESPN OJ documentary that they, that won the Academy Award a couple years ago, they, they talked to the guy from 
who basically created the ad campaign. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, people didn't think of O.J. as being black. They just thought of him as O.J. Yeah, O.J. thought of himself that way, too. I think right. he, he a transcended race. Yeah. He hated the idea that people would consider him to be black. Mm-hmm. He Were these, wanted to be seen as O.J., his yeah. own, like, separate brand. Were these ads that he, these Hertz ads that he started, was starring in, did they start happening when he was uh, a running back, when he was playing ball? Or were they, like, in his post-sports career when he had kind of transcended fame, he's just going to be famous and moved on to, like, a later career in acting and other things? I think it things. was at the tail end of his career. So mm-hmm. he had already started doing some acting roles on uh-huh. the side while he was kind of finishing up his football career. Okay. So it was kind of a... And he even said that at the time, time, it was kind of the way he was able to transition to get roles like Towering Inferno and Capricorn One, things like that. It's pretty interesting to parlay a career into another, to kind of bridge the gap right. with being a celebrity in one thing and then being a celebrity into something else. Um, it's It's amazing how most of the time it's, tied into whatever they're known for but to have yeah. it kind of be a transition into his continued celebrity throughout the years and him being known for mm-hmm. multiple things rather than one thing like you know Michael Jordan was a basketball player and that was it he didn't really do anything else I guess until like Space Jam but that right. was much much later he um, was known as a celebrity endorser yeah so mm-hmm. than anything else yeah. um, and with with OJ Apparently, they, the, the whole ad campaign originally started with them just with the idea of speed. They wanted, and they wanted it to be an average Joe. Then they got the idea of, well, why don't we make it a celebrity instead? An athlete, somebody's known for being fast. Yeah. We're watching the old superstars competitions and mm-hmm. saw, literally saw OJ and said, that's the fastest. That, that man equates with speed. Yeah. So this will make sense with our branding that Hertz will get you in and out quicker mm-hmm. and again i think much like with jordan i think this is an example of a celebrity endorsement that kind of went into the popular vernacular mm-hmm. it just became at a, for a time part of pop culture yeah it was beyond just like this is an ad mm-hmm. like if you saw somebody i remember being a kid and if you saw somebody running at an airport it's like oh it's like oj Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but so there was like that connection. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the other part of it just being when you have a celebrity endorsement, there's no guarantee that it's going to continue to be a good endorsement. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, OJ was named a star endorser of the year by Ad Age magazine back in 78. Oh, I still ago. get it every month. Do you? <laughs> yeah. And, you thought his parents were proud of his sports career. But. <laughs> but star endorser. You know, know who else got star endorser a few years later? Charles Manson. Close. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. <laughs> so, so congrats. There you go. There you congrats, go. you guys. Viewers, let's see. I want to thank those who commented on Facebook when I reached out to folks I know and asked them to submit their suggestions for unusual or interesting or dumb celebrity endorsements. And uh, Tom Karkle, uh posted a... Tom Karkey posted a Jimmy Johnson Extends commercial, mm. which uh, I put a little sample of here. Mm-mm. And um, EJ Sukoviak uh, posted a, what I think is real, <laughs> looks unusual, an uh, Orson Welles promo for Peeps, when the desire for a mallow-based <laughs> confection prevails. Wait, I got to read it like Orson Welles. 
when the desire for Malibu's confection prevails, I must insist upon peeps. You um, can't say every, every July. <laughs> in bird's eye. I think there's a bird's eye commercial in here. Uh, there, uh, James Walker replied to that with a wine commercial. I think that's that Ernest and Julio Gallo. You no know wine before they're talking. Yeah, yeah. Turn and, camera. Here it is. One, oh, two, take one. Ah, the French champagne. It's always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, also fermented in the bottle. Orson Welles. Paul Masson. One o two, take three. Action, please. Ah, the French. Champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson. I'll spare you the rest of that commercial, but thank you to those who submitted. Michael, what's your second choice? My second choice is I started at one path and discovered like a hidden treasure trove within that path. I want to stay on the first path and I'll fold in. The treasure that I found along the way. Is this What's a that's, that's more syllables than a haiku, but it seemed like it was a haiku type of thing. Those were definitely words. Yeah. Celebrity yeah. endorsement of okay. Oprah Winfrey <laughs> for Barack Obama oh. for the 2008 presidential primary. Oh, fascinating. Okay. And uh, I started taking this a little more um, less commercial and a little political. And the treasure that I want to fold in along the way is... I totally forget that Oprah Winfrey is just this huge endorser of a product that she happens to like when she had her TV show, when mm-hmm. she had the Oprah Winfrey show, and she'd start her Oprah book club, yeah. which would just result in an uptick of 100,000, a million new people buying a book oh, yeah. from said person, yeah. sometimes to their chagrin, yeah. and be like, I can't believe I'm involved in yeah. the schmaltzy whatever margaret atwood is going what the fuck is going on <laughs> so all of a sudden one person likes your book and talks yeah. about it on their tv show yeah uh so she has like this secondary career of just like liking things and people that like her mm-hmm. like those things mm-hmm. but in the 2008 presidential primary between uh, barack obama and hillary clinton um oprah came out in favor of barack mm-hmm. and it's estimated that an additional like one million votes were kind of swung Obama's way and helped kind of push him a little bit over the edge in Mm -hmm. some of the uh, primaries. And it just goes to show that this person who is known for liking something and other people that like what she likes will do what she says. And I think that is a huge aspect of some stuff that maybe we'll talk about later of just the influence of celebrities and if this person likes it, maybe I should like it too Mm -hmm. because I trust them. And I think that's one thing that we haven't really talked about is like trusting a celebrity's opinion. Sure. We're, we've seen them used as these advertising tools, whether it's like, I want to sell this sports shoe, so I'm going to get the most athletic, yeah, best basketball player. I want to sell something for speed, so right. let's get the fastest guy mm-hmm. out there. But when there's, when you actually trust a celebrity, it's its whole different bag, which I find really interesting and in this case it was involving politics and it helped elect get a guy elected the first black american yeah. elected to the presidency allegedly and american but the, go on you're right mm-hmm. no, 
I'll put a huge asterisk on this. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know for yeah. sure. But I just think that is such an incredible power of a celebrity. And you've seen it kind of backfire for other people. Like you've seen other celebrities endorse, let's say, Hillary Clinton. And there's this huge backlash against like – especially when it's like uh, – white country stars endorsing Hillary. Oh, oh yeah. Right, and yeah. it's like, well, don't you tell me who. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. All of a sudden, the people who feel entitled to this person's points of type of music don't necessarily trust their mm-hmm. political point of view. Mm-hmm. So, but with Oprah, it definitely. Yeah. The overlap was pretty strong. Yes, already. that's a good way to put mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole new ball game—the political endorsement and its impact uh, on changing world, the world, world and politics. Yeah, it even—I mean, it even has a name. They call it the Oprah effect. Mm-hmm. At least when she had her TV show and when she does endorse something, it's the effect that it would have on whatever product it was. Yeah, that I should have mentioned that. Earlier. Guys, I got it. Mm. Richard. We should get Oprah to endorse the podcast. Why <laughs> do don't we think, think of this before? Do you think? Well, we're such a bunch of <laughs> knuckleheads. I believe her email address is o at o dot com. It's probably o at o dot o. She probably yeah. owns the dot the o. Odd extend, right? The o extension. Uh, we're going into halftime, um, and we want to thank some of our sponsors. We do? Oh, we shit. Sponsors? No, we don't have any sponsors. No. But uh, if you do want to sponsor something, just this podcast, you could probably hear how willing and interested we are in sponsorship as a concept and ready to uh, to take all the cash you want to give us. Well, I thought the uh, the, the Skittles, uh, Napa Auto Parts, Kmart car was really running, running well. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I had to get that in there. You, gotta get, you have to say these things yeah. once every hour. Uh, before we uh, go to a little break, I um, want to thank James Walker again for submitting Arnold Schwarzenegger for a cup of noodles. Uh, that one. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah, I'd never seen this one. Mm, well, he he said cool. Arnold. Maybe it's Arnold from. Um, no, here Egg? it is. Maybe it's Arnold from uh, Happy Days. Oh, do Japanese do? So this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a Japanese commercial thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I love, we, the, I love, by the way, there's only one. That there's the only words that are English are "cup of noodles." Cup of noodles. Did you guys choose any Japanese endorsements? No, uh, I sort of. Oh, sort of. Okay. I thought of it. Uh, I, oh god, I know what you're gonna do. Um, I thought of it, um, especially for like like a weird. Uh, George Lucas did a weird like Fuji film or Panavision commercial back in like 1993. Uh-huh. And he was just you like- You can call him Sparky. Sparky. The future yeah. is subpanasonic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like weird George Lucas voice. Yeah. You know, how many units did that actually sell? Zero. Yeah. Did you guys pick Ozzy Osbourne? No. All right, here's a fun submission. I'm really digging this cooking vibe, man. Okay, pass me the butter then. All right, man. It's Ozzy and Ozzy. Um, I can't tell the difference. Tell me about it. Good. And that's how you make fairy cakes. Fairy cakes! Um- no, that was pretty trippy. Huh. That was from John Rosen. 
Humphrey Bogart for Whitman sampler <laughs> candy. <laughs> it doesn't seem in his wheelhouse. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I know we're we're kind of stretching this midsection, and this is yeah. How many times people have hit the thirty second advance on their God bless on their God podcast? Bless yeah. Just keep going. Um, there needs there's like a Mount Rushmore of like abuse of celebrities. Yeah, <laughs> like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, just like. Well, not not just not just like the surviving chemical, ones, yeah. Like the ones that like we've paraded around for our own amusement. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne is right there, oh, just like yeah. the of like. He, was he hurting that much for the money? Who who's I you know I hate to I hate to bring out this old Magilla, but who's who was the ad wizard yeah, that came yeah. up with that Literally, one? Literally, who's the ad wizard? Hey Jeff. Yes, sir. Did I, I now? I haven't looked at the at the choices. Um, but did anyone pick Fred Flintstone for Winston cigarettes? I didn't haven't seen I was that one. Hoping somebody could, uh, <laughs> yeah, they did like a whole ad that played in the middle of the Flintstones mm-hmm. with with uh, Fred and uh, and what's oh. his girl? What's his wife's name? Wilma. Wilma. Yeah. Smoking smoking Winstons and talking about how what a cool refreshing cigarette it is. Yeah, there were a couple people who chose that Paul Masson commercial uh uh james walker uh e tyler harp yeah so uh yeah uh, so thank you so for supporting our podcast we would love to get in dialogue with you please join us on the facebook site of the mount rushmore podcast out on our instagram on our twitter and we would appreciate your suggestions as to topic suggestions we would love to discuss what you want us to discuss we'd also like like to hear from you in terms of what we might have missed when discussing another topic if you want to go back into the archives and download rate and review past episodes we would love for you to do that really appreciate any kind of comment you could leave or any kind of stars you could leave on our podcast that helps people who are like you discover things that you like Um, also we want you to support podcasting in general here's a promo for one that we enjoy i'm megan i'm rj And we host Oh No Lit Class, a comedy literature podcast that tells you all the strange and sexy facts you never knew about the books you had to read in school. Every episode is a fun, foul-mouthed spark notes for your ears, filled with author bios, plot summaries, bad impressions, and Megan singing. It's mostly you that sings. No, I sing well, she sings poorly. That's not true. So come listen to us ruin classic literature one book at a time at ohnolitclass.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh no, lit class. We're for kids. No, we're not. And we're back. Action jeans, as promoted by Chuck Norris. Uh, doing a high kick in these action jeans. Yeah, so. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Won't bind your legs. Hi-ya. Hi-ya, says Chuck Norris. Brendan Martin McCurdy. Um, Tommy Lee Jones? Anyone? Did you, I knew you guys? Okay. Uh, speaking of Japan and... Um, it's love for uh, American um, celebrities promoting things in there. Tommy Lee Jones has done a lot of commercials in Japan that capture his personality actually, I think, pretty well. Um, so I'm going to play one of those right now. Rainbow Mountain. Rainbow Mountain. Rainbow Mountain. Yeah. And features a guy who kind of looks like maybe he's the Japanese Tommy Lee Jones kind of walking alongside him as his partner in this thing. Uh, in that commercial, Tommy Lee Jones is a very uh, uh, discipline-oriented principal um, who's also got the ability to throw a piece of chalk through a kid's hair and part his hair. I believe hairdo. that. Yeah. I, believe, I fully believe that. Uh, we're back round two. Richard, go. 
All right. So, uh, Michael, I think you know where I'm going with this when I said Japanese, but sort of. Yep. Because for a relaxing time, make it Suntory time. Oh. Bob Harris. Okay. Speaking of, of action stars in Japan. Oh. As played by Bill Murray in the movie Lost in Translation. Okay, okay. Yeah, he came up on a recent uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I thought about that and I was like, Maybe I don't, but you know, it was such a, it was too good to pass up. I started um, pre-downloading some images to put up with our, um, with our file and yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Our, our four images. Was he one of them? Right on. Good job. You know it. Right on. Yeah, I mean, so basically, if if you haven't seen the movie, the whole plot is that Bill Murray is uh, Bob Harris, this kind of fading action star, yeah. who is in Japan primarily to do a commercial and also yeah. a photo shoot for Suntory whiskey. <laughs> and it Michael ju- is posing. <laughs> it's just the whole, both scenes, the one where he's doing the commercial and then when he's doing the photo shoot, just have to, they have to be based on somebody's reality. Yeah. Whether it's Bill Murray, who had, maybe he had done this. Mm-hmm. I know that Francis Ford Coppola had done some ads in yeah, Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that stuck with his daughter at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But it just feels so authentic for the the confusion yeah. that these that these American stars, like you just played that Tommy yeah. Lee Jones one. How do you direct that when he doesn't know the language? Mm-hmm. And who knows if the director speaks any English? Yeah, And you're trying to get something done. Mm-hmm. The weirdness sort of just is <laughs> off the charts. The scene is so magical when the director is coming over and giving him all these instructions, and yeah. he's just speaking for forty-five seconds straight. And then, uh, you know, the translator comes and it's just like, "Okay, be more happy." Or <laughs> yeah. they, the, the, the translation turn is, your turn your head to the right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's so confused. Like, I think he said, I think he said more than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old blue eyes, <laughs> I think is what he says. Yeah, um, and actually, this wound up being a celebrity endorsement in a sense, because um, this movie is kind of what made Japanese whiskeys, such as Centauri, a real whiskey. Um, it's what kind of what made them somewhat fat, more a lot more fashionable in the United States. Wow! Uh, I read an article. They talked to the American agent or whatever he is, the representative of Suntory Whiskey in the U.S. And he said, yeah, you would get, you know, kids and grown-ups going, you know, you know, college kids going up to bars and saying, hey, it's Suntory time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before, nobody knew what Suntory Whiskey was. Yeah. Now people know what it is because of this movie. And this wasn't like a product placement deal. They actually shot everything and then went to the Suntory people and said, oh, yeah, by the way. Oh, wow. Is it okay if we use this in the movie? <laughs> sure. Uh, happy that they said yes, I suppose. But. It's funny. Whenever I see like George Clooney like trying to sell some sort of vodka, or I guess now it's to his own personal tequila. But or, I'm sure before, Nescafe or whatever it is. Nescafe, mm-hmm. maybe that's what I'm thinking of. All I think of is this character. It yes. feels like he's channeling this Bill Murray character into whatever – like whatever the still images of just like a black background and this suave yeah. man with a he's in a uh, uh, tuxedo. tuxedo that's unbuttoned, you know, because he's having a yeah, he's getting a little loose at the end of the night and he's but he's still elegant. Like all it is is like 
filtered back into this image. And I'm sure that originated someplace else too. Sure. I just don't know those origins. All I know is that image of Bob Harris. There was a specific uh, whiskey ad with Sean Connery Mm. that, that came out a few years before the movie that if you get a chance to watch it, I'll try to put it up, up on social media. It is very similar to what they're trying to do uh, with the Bob Harris mm-hmm. character in Lost in Translation. And it just to me, the, the weird Japanese commercials are just a good measuring stick for how low a celebrity will go. Yeah. In order to get that straight cash, homie. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you would never do a cup of noodle ad in the United States. Yeah, but are you willing to debase yourself in Japan where nobody else is going to see it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know you were earlier talking about um, the celebrities who are hired to endorse something and become you ubiquitous or you associated with a product, and that may turn out to be mis- unfortunate down the road when the celebrity does something bad. Our friend of the podcast, an actual participant on the podcast, posted the Tommy Lee Jones, but he also posted this series of Nicolas Cage ads for a um, Samsung Pachinko in Japan. And it looks like they asked Nicolas Cage to be as weird as you want to be. Which is, by the way, not a big ask. No. Yeah. So not a stretch. He's got the biggest rainbow of just things that he can cover. Yeah. Like... Uh, he could sell anything to, in in any style. Yeah. And that goes with his acting. Too. Yeah. A thank you. Yeah. So viewers, go ahead and check these out. But um, uh, Michael, what is your third? Uh, my third choice, and this kind of speaks to you advertise to whoever is popular at the time. I'm going to run down a list of celebrities for this particular advertisement. Oh, it's just like one brand that has had a lot of celebrities? Just listen. Oh, okay. From 1984, David Bowie, Cicely Tyson, Hart, Jane Curtin, Joe Jackson, Ken Anderson from the Cincinnati Bengals, Electric Light Orchestra, and of course, of course, Kurt Vonnegut. Can I I guess what it is? I know you're going to know what this is. Is it coffee? The coffee achievers. Mm-hmm. The Hold nas- on tight to your dreams. <laughs> By Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, the National Coffee Association's um, series of commercials entitled The Coffee Achievers in 1984. A series of commercials trying to promote coffee <laughs> <laughs> to America. The, coffee, uh, the National Coffee Association has noticed that there was a 20-year decline of coffee consumption uh, per capita in the United States, and they needed to do something about it, and they need to get the big guns. When I say big guns, you mean Jane Curtin. What I mean is is, is seven seconds of Jane Curtin on SNL stock footage, David Bowie dancing over an electric light orchestra song, and, of course, Kurt Vonnegut turning... To the camera from his typewriter, holding up a cup of black coffee. Yeah. All to promote the smoothness and calming effect <laughs> of coffee. When you need to make a rational decision and calm your nerves. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Look at all these cool people 
drink coffee. Mm -hmm. When I think calming, I think Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. Also. Here's uh, it. Do you care if I play a little clip of it? Sure. Okay. Do you think I can? Who knows? Well, I don't know, Hopkins. I don't know. I bet there's an app for coffee. I have to skip. Join the coffee achievers. Wow. There's Bowie. Is this one of those things that you don't even realize that you're being advertised to? Well, like this. I'll tell you where this came out of. So we we might have talked about it, or I know we've talked about it in the podcast, and I know that you guys have been over to watch a very old copy of Star Wars that was broadcast on CBS in 1984. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, that I've had in my collection. I had a VHS tape that was lovingly transferred over to like a USB. And with it, along with the CBS airing of it, it had like a little documentary and it had all these commercials for selling things like Lee's yeah. jeans and selling uh, Quaker Valley chewy granola bars. Yeah. And, as well as selling... Just the generic idea of drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah. And NutraSweet. Some things that you just like, oh, look at NutraSweets and all these products, mm -hmm. like gumballs and whatever. But this one, especially Ken Anderson, Kenny Anderson. Quarterback of your Cincinnati Bengals. And this was right at the tail end of his, this was like I looked it up, 1984 was his last season. Oh, was it? And when Boomer Esiason took over after that. I remember the commercial, like he's in the locker room. And, and he's, he's watching got, game film. Well, on he's like, got his coffee. Yeah. And then he's like, writes up the play and throws it down. And the, they all run onto the field. And it's ridiculous. But like, th this is stuck with me as like, why was Bowie on there for like one and yeah. a half seconds just dancing over a song that's not Bowie's? Is that coffee. Cecily Tyson, who I had to look up to find out who it is? They had other commercials. I didn't realize they had other commercials. They, this was a series. He saw CO on the contract and thought they meant cocaine. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> but then like other commercials like this, they had one for heart and they're, they're like writing a song yeah. and then like calming down, drinking coffee and then going on stage and performing. Mm -hmm. Cecily Tyson drinking coffee, then going on stage and performing, yeah. and rehearsing and whatever. And Ken Anderson doing the same thing. And it's just like, these are people that were popular at the time that were very recognizable mm -hmm. celebrities that, I had to just, like, outside of Bowie, I just had to look them all up. I yeah. was like, I don't know. Just by look, I couldn't tell who they were. And I think that is very indicative of what celebrity advertising is and endorsements. It's These are the people that are important to the people we're trying to mm -hmm. market to in 1984. And they're trying to get market share back from soda. That's right. what it was. Okay. And it's never recovered. I looked up some charts and it's just steadily going down from 1927 yeah. is when, you know, or 42, oh. the peak of coffee. Because mm -hmm. coffee cost a nickel. Mm -hmm. Like, coffee had a little bit of a rebound in, like, the 90s because of coffee shop culture and, yeah. like, Starbucks. Oh. But coffee still costs $3 for a cup of coffee mm -hmm. now. You're never going to get back to coffee being basically free. Yeah. Which I think the coffee industry didn't understand when they made a commercial. This was an example of when a commercial comes for something I didn't even know was a business. Like, got milk? I remember, huh? Like, the, I didn't know milk. Milk, was, had, its own milk had its own business. Yeah. Like, the cows were all... Big <laughs> milk, yeah. Yeah. But still, Kurt Vonnegut, everybody. Yeah. Did he need the money that badly? Mm-hmm. Apparently. That's interesting. I know he drinks his coffee black, as does everyone in this commercial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, Richard, what do you got? All right, so my last one, 
And I'm kicking myself, kicking myself that I did not choose Jacko for Energizer. Oh, yeah. Oi. Oi. Yeah. Um, but my last one is uh, Brooke Shields for Calvin Klein jeans. Oh, okay. Because what gets in between me and my Calvin uh-huh. Klein's? Nothing. Nothing. I'm telling you right now, I'm not wearing underwear. That's what I'm trying to say. Can I play this? I yeah, please play, play this. that. Okay. This is a particularly weird one, and you need to watch it to really get the full effect, but The here secret we go of anyway. life lies hidden in a genetic code. Genes are fundamental in determining the characteristics of an individual. She's trying to put her genes on, and it's really tough. to succeeding generations. Occasionally, certain conditions produce a structural change in the gene, which will bring about the process of evolution. This may occur in one or more of the following ways. Firstly, by selective mating, in which a single gene type proves superior in transmitting its genes to future generations. Secondly, by gene drift, in which certain genes may fade away while other genes persist. She starts doing weird shit with her legs. And finally, by natural selection, which filters out those genes better equipped than others to endure in the environment. This may result in the origin of an entirely new species. Which brings us to Calvin. That's what my two-year-old does on the changing table. <laughs> Calvin Klein jeans. Like, I can't explain what she was doing with her legs there other yeah. than she looked like, I don't know, some sort of SNL character where she, you would have, like, mm-hmm. crazy legs. Yeah. I think that was a character at one point. Just contorting legs into abstract uh, positions. Yeah. Was she essentially modeling and striking different poses, but there was no photographer to snap Right. The photo? I, th- that's sort of what it looks like. Yeah. The poses are like practically like one leg behind her head. Yeah. It's like you said, it's 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 what a child does whenever they're bored and they just discovered their feet. Yeah. Uh, a little Jeff, but, Jeff Cast moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was on a movie of the week um, uh, starring Brooke Shields as a victim of a stalker. And oh. Richard Thomas, John Boy from oh, the Waltons, yeah. <laughs> was her stalker. And I, it was in this office set, which was in an office building, and Brooke Shields comes in, and she's been grazed, that not yet killed by the stalker, so she's got blood coming, makeup blood coming off her. She's still so profoundly gorgeous. I lean over to put my hand against this pillar, not knowing that it was a prop pillar, <laughs> and it knocked over. <laughs> and so Edward. <laughs> so, yeah. Smooth. And all the crew laughed because they're waiting for because idiots always put their lean on that pillar, <laughs> especially <laughs> those who are stunned by how gorgeous uh, Brooke Shields, even with a gunshot, uh, is. Were they taking bets on whether or not, hey, I bet that, that Hopkins idiot. <laughs> Probably. He looks like a rube. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You were going to say, sorry. No, so I was going to say, I chose this one because a, I thought that we needed a little bit of female representation. Yes, yes. Um, and on top of that, I just, going back and re-watching like re-watching the uh, the ads and I I saw someone had a compilation of a bunch of them on YouTube. It is startling how uncomfortable those ads are, knowing that she was like fourteen. Yeah, when she did those ads. Yeah, I mean they are sexualized to a disturbing level. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the nothing comes between me and my Calvin Klein's ad. Wound up getting banned by ABC and CBS. Oh wow! For being too suggestive. Is that right? Yeah, which didn't wind up hurting Calvin Klein at all. In fact, yeah. it probably made the campaign work even better uh-huh. um, because suddenly it was you know 
it's the old, you know, no, you know, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Thing, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I, it helped make her an even a bigger star than she was. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had done, was a Louis Mall movie where she was a child yeah. prostitute. Like, pretty baby. Know, pretty baby. Thank yeah. you. And I think she hadn't quite done like Blue Lagoon or anything mm-hmm. like that yet. So this was kind of like her introduction as sort of a teen temptress or whatever mm-hmm. you want, however they were positioning yeah. her at the time. And it's, it's just really awkward because she is styled like a 20 something mm-hmm. and she's laying on her back and she's doing these poses where it's sort of like, yeah, yeah. you're gorgeous. And please yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael. So um, my last choice was about how important it is for uh, celebrities of the moment to be very important to cash in while the uh, yes stakes are high so of course everybody knows about Huda Catan you know can't stop talking about Huda Catan I what about Cameron Dallas Huda Tobe is that you're talking about sure Zach King did Michelle a, Lewin. Did you have a stroke? Nash Greer. Chiara Farogni. Nikki G. Jagger. Kayla Estinus. Camilla Cohello. Marina DeVaio. These those baseball players in Joanna Gaines. In that Sega game where they had to make a... Murat, yeah, this isn't a Key and Peele sketch. The East-West Bowl. Yeah. It is the perfect sketch, that one. I had to look up Instagram influencers. These people that oh, are wow. famous within a world that okay. I oh, nice. that I have no concept. I of. recognized exactly one of those names. Hold on, Julie Sarhiana. She's uh, in fashion and lifestyle. Marcus Butler is an internet personality. Oh, that's well, his. That's wow. the genre. Chris Burkhard, nature photography. These are people that are paid ten, fifteen, fifty thousand dollars per post to do whatever it is they wow. do that are selling culture to a generation that I have no, that these people are seemingly important because they have 25 million people following them mm-hmm. that I have no idea what this world is. Guys, we got like 1500 followers on Twitter. Hey, so Hey, reach, me, I shout look, out wait, to me. Let me look down the list. Okay. Dr. Mike. Ty Lopez. I'm looking down. Emily Sky, James Charles. I only know the name James Charles because recently I understand he might have been canceled, which is another thing that I don't understand. How did he get canceled off the internet? Oh, oh, he's just canceled because he got. I, I know this he did because he got into a big fight with his mentor, and people are siding with her instead of him. How do okay. I know this shit? Jesus. Well, you do. You do have a preteen that. daughter. Okay. So you you are like by osmosis you kind of take some of this stuff in. Yeah. But it is so interesting that there is an internet culture that we've I think all kind of grown up with. Like we've all known the internet and been involved on it and in it and with it around it for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. But at some point it kind of deviates and branches off into like things that you're just like, Oh, I never I never got there. I never took that road. And I think that the idea of like social media influencers and Instagram influencers. These people are just putting up ads. Yeah. These are just people that somehow got somehow got famous. They 
are celebrities within their own world, which what I find fascinating is it feels like they could just instantly disappear and it would be like everyone would forget their yeah. handle and their names and they would just they would just go away unlike a Oprah Winfrey or an OJ Simpson or a Michael Jordan who it's like if Michael Jordan goes away it's like oh Michael Jordan did things before he was selling things right these are people that are just selling things because they happen to have not to be offensive uh, did makeup very well or were very stylish or were told you about cool things that they liked it's a very interesting world that I, I don't really understand the, the but is important to so many people yeah it's the whole Kardashian gender slash gender yes. clan sort of yeah. method of of making a living and it's funny you, you mentioned this and I, I, all I can think about is the fire festival oh yeah and how yeah, one yeah. of their main ways that they sort of sold everybody on this thing was getting proximity to prox- celebrities proximity to celebrities they got a bunch of these influencers like what's her name Emily Ratajkowski uh, model uh, sure okay. um, and uh, several other people and and basically yeah paid them $50,000 to say hey I'm going to be at the fire festival you sh- everyone should come and check it out mm. And that's how they got those dopes to pay uh, thousands of dollars to come eat, eat grilled cheese without the grill. Yeah. Or the cheese. Uh, cool. So, hey, I think what's well, we wrap things up. But before we do, um, thanks some more of our um, folks out on the Internet um, for their cool suggestions. Uh, Andy Battaglia just posted a uh, gif of Jamie Lee Curtis eating yogurt. Uh, a lot of people are commenting on the... Lincoln commercials with Matthew McConaughey um, waxing poetic while driving down the street. First, I thought you were saying that Lincoln did some sort of celebrity endorsement back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Actually, Anderson commented that he also was vampire hunting, so I think that's Mm. he's a little morphing things together. That's a callback to our episode one. Yeah. Fictional presidents. So Uh, So speaking of athletes (laughs) behaving um, either as they should or as they shouldn't, uh, Kareem... Naraj Dami uh, pointed out that Kareem shilled for beer, but as a Muslim, he's not supposed to drink. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember this. And he had to return the money due to false advertising laws, which brings us back to the beginning, how <laughs> you part. commented that you just imagine that Michael Jackson has to be, or Michael Jordan has to be wearing Hanes. Sure, yeah. But it's part of the law, right, that he has to actually walk the walk with that stuff, I think. Little Romeo promoting IDC, ICDC College, a community college. Uh, and I, the main thing I know from Lil Romeo is you can you can buy wrap snacks in the Midwest, <laughs> which are chips with uh, different uh, flavors. Each one's tied to a different wrapper. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Lil Romeo, uh, I think, I, was the barbecue. LL ones. Cool Ranch. Yeah. That, okay. feels, <laughs> that feels like there's a, there are so many different genres you could do indie. You can do, like, indie pop rocks. Yeah. Uh, Co- uh, Margaret O'Hara uh, commented on Kobe sponsoring Nutella. Um, and uh, Frank Hayde posted a picture of an album he got, Ali and his gang, as in Muhammad Ali, The Adventures of Ali and His Gang versus Mr. Tooth Decay. So I imagine this was sponsored by, you know, Colgate or something Crest like or that. Something. Yeah, I remember him for Raid. Really? Or Decon. Yeah, that's Decon, yeah. That, that's a weird one. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, so this was a cool, uh, so let's talk about your guys' choices. Uh, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Richard, it seemed like your choices um, uh, were 
questioning the celebrities. And it was also you commented on a couple of celebrities that were kind of going through career transformation. So OJ going from athlete to performer, Bill Murray going from kind of comic essentially in his early career to pretending to be a fading action star. Right. I thought that was interesting. Brooke uh, Shields going from kind of model uh, in a young preteen kind of model to an ad- adult spokesperson actress. So I think transformation was an interesting theme that you had there. And then Michael, it seemed like you're looking for uh, examining uh, the endorsement as kind of a, a social movement. Who are these Instagram influencers? Who are these coffee achievers? Who is this woman who impacts a presidential race by making a choice? So this is how these endorsements actually impact and the, guy the that society. Can jump tall. What's that? Guy can dunk. Yeah, the, the guy, guy can jump jam. a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. You both. So let's make some picks. You both chose Michael Jordan, so I think that's a, a definitely ubiquitous one. It kind of belongs to the pantheon. Dunk, Richard. Holy. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Okay. And um, <laughs> it brought back uh, fun memories for me um, when I was in my early 30s. The coffee achiever uh, one was kind of interesting. Um, then uh, Richard. I loved the background you kind of got about um, OJ and the his identity and how um, that impacted how he believes himself probably to be perceived even by the world now. OJ lives in this bubble, not unlike a president. Okay, so that's three, right? Mm-hmm. And let's go with what's the deal with influencers? Because that's an interesting observation because they are kind of the, no, the, the very much some of the newest category of celebrity endorsers. So. And I don't understand them as much as I don't understand all these people drinking black coffee to stay calm. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to calm down. Give me some Folgers. Uh, so this has been the Mount Rushmore of celebrity endorsements chosen by Richard. I, as always, am Richard. Uh, I'm, let's see who I'm like today. Oh, I'm Jeff. Okay. And next week is Cats. Oh, woohoo! Michael.